For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Thursday morning in Week 11 by Derek Brown and Andrew Erickson. Fellas, we are talking must-starts here into Week 11. Always hard to believe how quickly it goes. We've got a great Thursday night football matchup on tonight. Even aside from the fact that it's the Ravens, it's actually two good teams. We need to appreciate this while we have it because it's so rare that we get this on a Thursday night. Let's dive right into the show here. The must-start running backs. Debra, starting with you. Starts. Jessica's Worm said that they're going to go out there and score a combined 12 points. I know. Points, I'm, re- I'm really so. playing with fire there. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, s- s- Speaking of guys that we're going to be high on this week, look, Alexander Madison is out. Fire him up, baby. Let's go Ty Chandler. Nobody's taking work away from that man. If Alexander Madison is out, we know you can run on the Denver Broncos. Second highest explosive run rate allowed since week five. Most rushing yards allowed per game. Ty Chandler, giddy up. Yeah, Erickson, where do you have Chandler? He's one of the hot names of the week, so I'm curious where, where you come down on him in the rankings. Yeah, I got him an RB21, and it's honestly kind of like a placeholder with some of these guys just to make sure that, okay, you know, do they add any other running backs? Like, who else is active? Like, this is going to probably change, like, leading up to the kickoff, you know, making sure Alexander Madison is not going to play with the concussion. But, yeah, if you picked him up, like, you want to start this guy. Like, again, these waiver wire running backs don't always fire, especially in their first game. Saw Devin Singletary, you know, two weeks ago do nothing when he was became the bell cow, but then last week, he had 30 carries and had a monster game. So if Chandler's going to be playing 75, 8% of the snaps, like Alexander Madison was playing every single week, basically, and just not being efficient, well, Chandler's explosive. Like, he adds an explosive element that Madison could never offer. So against Denver, who that's the one thing they give up is explosive rushing plays. Yeah, I think Chandler's someone that you're trying to find ways to get into your lineup because he has a lot of upside. Yeah, what would you say? I mean, you had a great call, Debro, last week on Jalen Warren. You predicted 100 yards. I'm not asking for that for Ty Chandler, but what kind of prediction would you put on him? Because it's it's a name that people have been clamoring for to get more work for all season, and he obviously looked pretty good last week in doing it against a tough defense. So, like, how aggressive can we be? How optimistic can we be about what his stat line might look like? I think we'd be very optimistic. I mean, considering... The Minnesota Vikings offense, we know they can move the ball, and whether that's with Josh Dobbs' legs, if Justin Jefferson comes back this week, the pass game, Hawkinson, there's a lot of different matchup points where the Vikings can move the ball. So even if if the touchdowns go sideways, if they go all towards Chandler's uh, direction, like they, they just say, okay, uh, Josh Dobbs doesn't run it in, we get two tied Chandler touchdowns. I think he could be, as crazy as this might sound, he could be an RB1 this week, guys. Like what? What's to stop that from happening? What do we need for that to happen? Okay, he gets over a hundred total yards. Okay, well he's facing the freaking Broncos. Okay, so check. He gets two touchdowns. Well, the Broncos give up long runs, and this offense can move the ball. So maybe he gets a short porch touchdown, and he breaks off another long one. So I think that the upside is for him to be an RB one, and I think the floor is exactly what Erickson said. I've got him an RB nineteen. He needs to be inside the top twenty this week. 
I mean, when I think about Chandler, just like looking at my rankings, I mean, I why would I not start him over like Saquon Barkley? Like, why why would I mean, you not start him t- over Kenneth Walker? Who has more touchdown upside. Who has more touchdown upside? I mean, Walker still has more touchdown upside. I would say because the Seahawks' offense is still good. But I mean, the Giants are they going to score a touchdown at all? That's fair. Yeah, like definitely. Chandler's fair. explosive. Chandler should see volume. I mean, Barkley, you're just playing because he gets a lot of touches. So it's like you can make the argument. Well, Chandler's going to get a lot of touches too. But he's explosive. He's also playing Denver. I got a really good one for you, Erickson, because we don't know if he's going to play, but just saying is assume he plays. We don't have a clue what the workload looks like. Would you start Ty Chandler or Devon Achan? Achan. Okay. I'm not taking that. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying there's a lot of unknowns there. That that workload could go split three different ways. We know Chandler's in a fantastic matchup and he's going to get all the work. I cannot look myself in the mirror if I put Achan on my bench. In any capacity. That's fair. And then he goes off for 200 yards. (laughs) It's not not happening. Erickson, who's your first must-start running back? Tony Pollard. Uh, Because people were asking me in the Discord, like, should I bench Tony Pollard? I'm like, no. Got to start him. Like, he's playing the Carolina Panthers. They are the defense that ranks dead last in terms of rushing touchdown percentage allowed on the ground. That's what's been missing with Tony Pollard. Every single week, it's like a bit with my, with Mike McCarthy. Like, who can we get a rushing touchdown not named Tony Pollard this week? Oh, Rico Dotto. Oh, C.D. Lamb. Oh, Dak Prescott. Look, we talked about this before we got on here, but last year, there were two players that played the Panthers defense that were prime regression candidates. Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns in one game against the Panthers after not scoring at all. You guys remember Mike Evans, how he didn't score a touchdown basically all year last year until he played the Panthers? Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, regression works in weird ways, but all signs are pointing to this being the game where Tony Pollard doesn't score one, doesn't score two, like scores multiple touchdowns. So, again, that's not ideal. Like, you'd rather have him in scoring touchdowns consistently throughout the year. I don't think that's going to necessarily be the case. I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns this week, so I'm starting Tony Pollard. Debro, are you willing to give another chance to Pollard this week? Uh, He's hurt me, guys. He's hurt me so much. Um, and, and the sad name thing about Pollard is the efficiency and the touchdowns haven't been there, but the role that we wanted the entire offseason has been there. So it's been frustrating to watch. Um, is this the, is this the part of the show where I say I wave the white flag and then he goes out and he busts like a 75 yard run? Please on, do. On I think carry. a lot of managers would love for <laughs> him to bust a lot. You know what? I'll do it for the people. I'll do it for the people. White flag, Tony Pollard, baby. I'm done. I'm done. I, I I give up. I give up. He's an RB three. He's never going to do anything ever again. You're, you're, you're doing welcome. the Lord's work here. You're Debra. welcome. We all appreciate you're welcome. it. Uh, who's your next must start running back deep, bro? Oh man, that hurt to say. Um, Devin Singletary. He's going to be uh, one of my must starts this week. I mean, the man played all the snaps, got all the volume. I mean, 30, 31 touches. <laughs> let's, let's wrap our heads around that. 31 touches and 161 total yards last week i'm not saying he goes out and produces that again but 20 plus touches i think is a very real possibility and houston texans are going to be in the red zone constantly in this game so probably scores at least once he's going to be a top 20 running back i mean book it guys let's go he is exactly rb20 in expert consensus rankings right now Mm -hmm. uh is that is that too high, too low, or just right? You said he's going to be top 20. Do you have him higher than 20? I've got him at RB18, but I, I think the conversation for Devin, for Devin Singletary starts at RB15 or 14, depending on what you think about Kenneth Walker and some of the other guys there. Like, are you starting him versus 
Kenneth Walker or David Montgomery and looking at what those backfields are, the matchups, things like that. Like, I think, I think the conversation for Devin Singletary starts at mid to high end RB2. Can you guys believe we're already this deep into the NFL season? We've got to make every second count. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on any matchup. This week, we've got some stinkers on the slate with three different games, having a spread in double digits on DraftKings, plus a couple of others over a touchdown. But the schedule makers made it up to us by gifting us Eagles Chiefs in prime time on Monday Night Football. The Super Bowl rematch will be amazing with the Chiefs laying two and a half points at home. However you guys plan to bet that one, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Erickson, give me your next must-start running back. When you smell stinkers, I smell value with those double-digit dogs. But wow. anyway, back to my running back. I don't smell anything. Raheem Mostert. Uh, I want to play Raheem Mostert this week. Look, I know that uh, the rookie's coming back. And we're concerned about what Raheem Mostert's workload is going to be. But I just say you roll the dice on a guy that's playing in the Miami Dolphins offense. That's heavy home favorites. And I think that you still play him even against the Raiders. Like the Raiders are such a good matchup for running backs. Raheem, it's not like his entire role is going to be gone. And we know that HN, he gets it done in very limited volume because he's just so explosive. So same thing with Raheem Mostert. He could still score a touchdown. Again, throughout doing the show over the years, I've always noticed that even with running backs in committees, when the matchup is really, really good, you can still start them even if their workload isn't perfect. So I think Raheem Mostert, I think you still want to roll with him. If you still have him on your roster, I know we talked about like trying to trade this guy like ad nauseum on every single trade show, but if you still have him, you stuck with him, couldn't move him, I think this is still a spot where you can start him until we learn more about how this split kind of works out moving forward with Jeff Wilson now also healthy, kind of see how this backfield shakes out. But I think the matchup warrants uh, Mostert is like an RB2 start. Where do you have Mostert, Debra? I've got Raheem Mostert. Um, I'm with Erickson. Like I've, got, I've, I've floated him anywhere between RB24 and RB26. I think you can make a case both ways. It's like, how high do you want to put up, push up HN? Where do you want to put Raheem Mostert? I, I do agree with Erickson's point. Then we've seen that. Like, look at the Steelers last week versus the Packers. Like, I'm not saying that the, the Dolphins come out and they don't throw the ball at all, but the the leaning even further into a smash matchup for a team that runs the ball religiously. I mean, just let, let, let's let's rewind a little bit. What happened with the Miami Dolphins versus the freaking Denver Broncos? I'm not saying that like Miami's going to go out there and post 70, 
but could we see both these guys get 80 plus rushing to, uh, rushing yards and a score this week? And they're both top 24 running backs. I think it's possible. Debra sticking with you for your next must start. It's gonna be Jerome Ford. Um, and I understand that this offense has taken a big hit going from Deshaun Watson to Dorian Thompson Robinson, but the matchup is there Ford, I think is healthier. Uh, you look over the last two weeks, he's averaging 21 and a half touches his tackle-breaking metrics when he's been healthy have been just amazing. So I think you look at this matchup, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have been middle of the road in most different metrics, but since week six, this team is allowing the fifth highest yards per carry, 4.62 yards per carry to gap runs, which have comprised 53% of Ford's rushing volume this year. I think uh, Jerome Ford is going to be a top 20 running back again this week, or should I say this week? Uh, Erickson, Jerome Ford is currently RB 23 in ECR. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I got him RB 24. So yeah, I feel good about him from a floor perspective. Again, Brown Steelers, this is not a game where you're going to find any type of fantasy football ceiling, but Ford's involved in the passing game. So he can be catching dump offs from DTR. I, I don't think he scores here, but he looked really good last week. Just like not even looking at the Steelers match, just like Ford alone. Like he is total. I mean, Kareem Hunt is, <laughs> I mean, if Kareem Hunt is, it's, it's so funny. Kareem Hunt can score all these touchdowns, but Tony Pollard can't. <laughs> and this is like, the guys can be Ouch. on total different spectrums of, of the talent where Kareem Hunt, you know, he looks like a older dusty running back where Ford looks explosive, especially now another week removed from that ankle injury. He suffered a couple weeks back. Um, I think Ford is a safe floor play just based on the volume he should get. Um, but again, not someone that like, oh, like he's going to win my week. No one in Brown Steelers is going to do that, except maybe one of the DSTs. Erickson, hit me with your last must start running back. James Conner for me. So we saw him come back last week off the IR alongside Kyler Murray. He was pretty solid. 16 carries, 73 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, two red zone attempts. Um, the other running backs behind him, Tony Jones, Keonta Ingram combined for three carries. I know the Cardinals also added in Michael Carter. Don't expect him to have a massive role in his first game with the Cardinals. So I think we're going to get more bell cow usage from James Conner, 63% of the snaps in his first game back. I think that we could get that number could go up. I don't think they trust any of these other. I think adding Michael Carter was saying how they felt about all their other running backs. And they're like, we don't like any of these guys. So maybe Carter takes on that third down role that we saw DeMarcado kind of operating with, but to what extent are they going to trust him in pass protection for a new team? I'm a little suspect that's going to be a massive role. So I think James Conner, if we can get his targets back up, like we saw at the beginning of the season, you could see a three-down role for him. And I think he's got a lot of touchdown upside in this matchup. Looking at the Houston Texans, they're the league's number one in terms of allowing rushing touchdowns on the ground. So in terms of like the percentage of their touchdowns. So they don't give, allow them through the air. They allow them on the ground. If it's not Kyler Murray getting the rushing touchdowns. I think James Conner is going to score here. So I like him as a top 20 running back this week. Let's move to the who do I start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there and put in their own starter sit questions up to four different players at a time, which is really nice. You can even pick and choose from which experts your decision draws. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Debro, are you starting Ty Chandler or your boy Jalen Warren? Oh, I've got to go Chandler, and that 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 hurts my heart. But I'm going Chandler. It's just the volume, guys. The volume yeah. and the matchup. How about Devin Singletary or Isaiah Pacheco? Oh, I'm going Pacheco with this one. Uh, I don't think that people realize the last few weeks. And I wrote this up in the primer. You can run on the Philadelphia Eagles. So give me Pacheco. How about Devin Singletary or Jerome Ford? 
Uh, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Jerome Ford this week, guys. Um, I said he's a top 20 running back. I've got him at RB 13, so I'm going Jerome Ford. Are you starting Javante Williams over either of those guys? I've got Javante right behind Ford. I've been so high on Javante, but the matchup is terrible. The Vikings, the one thing they can do is they, I mean, well, they could do a lot of things actually, right? The defense is playing really well, but they're stopping the run extremely well. So I think Javante is going to be, have some uphill sledding this week. Erickson, correct me if this has changed, um, but when I went in to pick a player, Tony Pollard, or I noticed you have Tony Pollard RB1 this week. Is that right? Because he's going to score three touchdowns. So it doesn't matter who I say, you're starting Tony Pollard over everybody. Look, he's going to score eventually. Like, it's going to happen. It's how, it's how aggression works. Christian McCaffrey or Tony Pollard? <laughs> okay, I'm going to start Christian McCaffrey over Tony Pollard. Wow. Erickson. McCaffrey, Austin Eckler or Tony Pollard? either. <laughs> What? Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter at the top. No, Obviously, I, I, you're going to start. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I'm, just, I'm just, I have to sit here and be crap about it. I just think it. that this it, is the week. That, it's I mean, just, if Pollard it, cashes those regression, he's going to finish as the RB1 overall. It That's was fair. just jarring for me That's to fair. see RB1, you know, as the actual ranking. But, I mean, yes, being aggressive and starting him kind of no matter what obviously makes sense um I, I, i've got some for your other guys though raheem mostert or saquon barkley i think i would still Oof. lean with saquon in that situation how about james Conner or rashad white uh, i mean rashad white has been too good to sit you know yeah, he's he's fair. he's blossoming i love to see it as someone that liked rashad white a lot in the offseason have him on a lot of teams and i feel really good about his role in this offense and he's been playing really well so i'm going to continue to play rashad white let's move to the must start wide receivers debra starting with you uh first guy i want to talk about a high total game marquise hollywood brown uh, i think the range of outcomes is pretty wide for him but i think that there is boom possibility here you're looking at the texas secondary since week five, third highest PPR points per target allowed to perimeter wide receivers. We didn't see uh, Hollywood garner the targets or have a monster game in his first uh, game back with Kyler. Could be this week. Erickson, where do you have Marquise Brown this week? Because I know we talked about him on the Tuesday show as well. Yeah, I mean, he had the worst game of the season with, with Kyler at quarterback. Like, like the 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 outcome that no one thought could possibly happen, he happened. So I think he's in prime for a, a major bounce back. I, I know I was aggressive on ranking him last week. That obviously did not work out, but I have him as a top 20 receiver this week. And who's your top must-start guy, Erickson? DJ Moore. DJ Moore oh, has basically been love non-existent yes. the last five weeks or so. But, uh, you know, the reason that's because Justin Fields hasn't been his quarterback over the last five weeks. So, DJ Moore was a screaming like sell high candidate even before Justin Fields got hurt. And we basically just saw it play out over the last month plus where he basically has been doing nothing. Seeing still seeing a high target share though in the offense, still clearly the wide receiver one in this Bears passing attack. I think that we get back to what we saw in the beginning of the season with DJ Moore just absolutely going off every single week. Look at the matchup against the Lions. I love the over in this game in Detroit at Fort Field, the Coors Field of the NFL. Lions give up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Justin Fields is back. So just forget about what you've seen from DJ Moore last month. Like, I honestly think that it's irrelevant with Tyson Badgett versus Justin Fields, a different quarterback. And Fields has a better connection with Moore. So I think you could start more confidently. I have him as like a top 15 guy, or I'm probably have to move him up inside my top 15. He's, uh, he's he's at wide receiver 23 in ECR. I've got him as wide receiver 12 for the week. When when uh yeah. back, backstory on this, 
when uh, our, our, our graphics guy, Ethan, shout out to him. Amazing work every single week. He hit me up. He's like, who do you want to be the poster person for the primer this week? I was like, let's go DJ more, baby. Let's go DJ more. Love to hear it. That's uh, That would go a long way for a lot of my teams if he can bounce back from what he's been the last five weeks. Steve, bro, give me your next must-start right, wide receiver. Tank Dell, baby. We're staying in the flames. We're CJ Stroud in it. We're Tank Dell in it. It's going to be a good week, boys. Tank Dell, uh, over la- over in his six full games, 23% target share, 35% air yard share, almost a 30% first read share. Tank Dell is balling. This is where you just ride the lightning, baby. And just strap in. Let's go. He's wide receiver 21 in ECR right now. Is that about right or is that too low? It sounds like from the way you're talking about him. I've got him at wide receiver 15 and I've contemplated moving him up. It looks like you have him even higher, Erickson. Tanked out. I tanked out at wide receiver eight last week and somehow didn't finish high enough in the wide receiver rankings competition. So I don't know what I did wrong, but I was right about that. So yeah, I have you him were right about 13. that, baby. So, right about that. Love it. Say goodbye to your own start sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pros Start Sit Assistant. Within seconds, you'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each and every week. Leveraging insights from numerous experts, the Start Sit Assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com/slash/myplaybook and make winning decisions in no time. Erickson, give me your next must-start wide receiver. Previewing that Monday night football game. I know we've been talking a lot of Brown Steelers. This Monday night game should be actually fun between the Eagles and Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I'm going with Rashi Rice, uh, the rookie Ooh. wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's crazy. I'm looking at these player props for these Chiefs receivers. They're all so low. And I'm like, how is Patrick Mahomes going to throw for the 300 yards in this game if none of these guys are going to get over 20 receiving yards? But the one guy that stands out besides Travis Kelsey is Rashi Rice. His usage was really good before they went on their bye week, ran around on 60% of the dropbacks, which is the same as it was a week before in week eight. He only had two targets, but again, he played a season high in snaps. So I really think it's it's Rice that's clearly the guy that they trust the most besides Travis Kelsey. I get Justin Watson is the guy that runs the most routes, Valdez Scantling. Like those are all complimentary players. Like I think that with an extra week, to devise a plan to attack this Eagles secondary, which has allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. I think Rice cooks in this matchup here. So if you held him through the bye week, you need a flex play with some upside versus some of these dusty running backs. I would start with Rashi Rice this week. We talked about it all season, D-Bro. Rookie receivers coming out of the bye week, especially a guy like Rice who has been actually getting usage in this offense uh, somewhat by default, given the lack of other options around him. But I mean, I think there's every reason to feel like we could see a pretty strong finish to the season from Rice, right? Oh, absolutely. We we definitely can. And I, I just want Kansas City, just just please do this for me. Chiefs, Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, please, please hear me. Play your guys in a full-time role. Stop this whole like wide receiver carousel of guys. Like you get 40 snaps, you get 40. Stop playing Oprah with the snaps. Just let the guys who can play, let them play. Come let on. Let the boys play. Jeez. Boys play. I've never heard that before, playing Oprah with the snaps. That's great, though. You get a snap. You get a snap. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Oh, really you good. haven't played in three weeks. You get a <laughs> yeah. snap. Come on. Well, I'll be using that again, playing Oprah with the snaps. All right, D-Bro, give me your last must-start receiver. I, we talked about going, going down the winding path. You need the upside in your flex position. And he's probably out there on your waiver wires right now. 
Darnell Mooney, baby. I'm starting him this week. If you need upside to win your week, I'm here for it, man. We talked about DJ Moore, but look, the other parts of pieces are there for Darnell Mooney. He gets a Lions secondary since week five that has allowed the third highest PPR points per target to opposing slot wide receivers, second most receiving touchdowns. Brian Branch, while I like him as a player, has not played good as the nickel there. Uh, Amongst 29 qualifying slot corners, he's allowed the most receiving touchdowns and the sixth highest pass rating when he's been target. Darnell Mooney was bought my bold call of the week, 100 yards and a tutty. Yeah, Darnell Mooney is wide receiver 57 in ECR. So obviously very low. It is an intentionally bold call by you. Um, Just to step on the who do I start section, I didn't want to pick any names here because he's so much lower than a lot of these other guys people might be comparing him to. So give me some interesting names that you're starting Darnell Mooney over this week. I would start Darnell Mooney over Jahan Dotson. I would start Darnell Mooney over Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, Jacoby Myers. Um... George Pickens. George, I was just about to say George Pickens. When you see four targets for George Pickens and no <laughs> touchdowns because Kenny Pickett doesn't throw them, I'd be happy you played Mooney. <laughs> Erickson, who's your last must-start receiver? Jaden Reed. Uh, I think Love that it. he's the number one receiver on the Packers. Like, I get that the targets necessarily haven't been there from a raw standpoint, but I just want to point out how good he has been this year. He leads the Packers in receiving yards, catch rate, and yards per route run. It's a great matchup against the Chargers, allowing fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers, seventh most fantasy points to slot receivers, specifically where Jaden Reed plays the most of his snaps. Look, Jaden Reed has the same amount of fantasy points total and per game as Chris Godwin. If Godwin was playing the Chargers, you would start him and wouldn't even think about it. So I feel confident about starting Jaden Reed just based on how productive he's been. And I talked about this when guys are productive and they're not seeing a lot of targets. It's, you know, when the coaches go back to watch the games, they're like, Maybe we should get the guy the ball more. And I think we're going to see that from Jaden Reed as a rookie breakout in the second half of the season. We see this all the time. So I think Reed's role is going to grow. I think he's going to get more targets than he's had in past weeks. I mean, just look at his targets anyway. The last three weeks, he leads the Packers in catchable targets with 14. So yes, his raw targets necessarily aren't there with Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs. But in terms of turning those targets into actually something that's what we want, called fantasy points... Nobody's been better for the Packers than Jaden Reed leads the team in catches over the last three games and receiving yards at 62 per game. So I'm starting Jaden Reed is my favorite Packers wide receiver to start this week. Debro, who do I start Marquise Brown or Tyler Lockett? We're going to Hollywood. We're going to Hollywood. Hollywood. How about Tank Dell or DJ Moore? Oh, oh, <laughs> answers both. It's a trick question. Answers both. <laughs> Um, if, if I'm going DJ Moore. It's not I'm going to be DJ easy. Moore. Right. I'm going DJ Moore. We're all in on Justin Fields this week, baby. Let's go. Hey, Erickson, what do you think about that one? Tank Dell or DJ Moore? Trick question. I'm still starting Tank Dell because, I mean, if Darnell Mooney's going for 101, like, that's going to hurt DJ Moore. <laughs> that, that, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> See, again, like, I'm, okay. I'm taking your takes, but then putting perspective on them, just like did last week. You know, Just bet the, it, Erickson. Just bet the DJ Moore, the Darnell Mooney over. No, but I'm agreeing me. with you, but I'm putting context behind it. <laughs> okay. Friends helping each other. That's what we're doing here. Uh, Eric said DJ Moore or Hollywood Brown. DJ Moore. Yes. D bro. Do you agree with that one? Oh yes. Love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Erickson. How about Rashi rice or Jaden Reed? Oh, I will go with uh Rashi rice. Cause he has Patrick Mahomes. So by default, that's the tiebreaker that I have to go. Yeah. With. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes or Jordan. Love. It's, a pretty, it's a pretty good tiebreaker. <laughs> 
Jaden Reed or Jahan Dotson? Jaden Reed. I mean, Jahan Dotson, the fact that Curtis Samuel came back last week and then Dotson yeah. just turns into a ghost is it's it's tough. Yeah. They can't I was going to make Dotson a pumpkin reference. I mean, we're still in pumpkin spice season, so that wouldn't have been bad. So yeah. I've never had a pumpkin spice anything in my entire life. Yeah, you're not, and you're not missing it, anything. Is that the crazy? Uh, is are, are we are we all on board? Are we a clean sweep like pumpkin yeah, spice we, we stuff is overrated? I, I have no. no I like I like pumpkin it. spice. Oh, I'm a big I'm a big, I'm a big PSL guy. No, I, I'm, no. I'm not a coffee guy. Mm-hmm. I've never drank coffee, so that's like I'm not a whole separate thing. But I I feel like when people talk about the pumpkin stuff, it's like. You're really just saying you like the flavor of nutmeg. You're not really saying that you like the flavor of pumpkin. Like, we don't have a lot of things here in New England, especially a football team. So uh, we need to enjoy the pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's all you got. <laughs> so they don't even have a football team. Uh, all right. D- Debra, who's your must start? Quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams. Well, hopefully I'm not going to bring up any Patriots here. Jeez. Yeah. They're on um, by, so don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's okay. <laughs> Uh, Chef Gino, man, we're starting him this week. I think all the hate that Chef Gino has gotten has been crazy. Everybody's talking about like, well, he's not playing good. I'm like, if you look at all of his deeper metrics, the passing touchdowns have not been there, but everything else, he's not playing as bad as people think he's playing. He's 13th in passing grade, 14th in yards per attempt. He's top 10 in both adjusted completion rate and hero throw rate. The man has been playing good, and this week he's going to put up good numbers. So I'm going to be starting Geno Smith on tight ends. I'm just I'm buying into all the Packers stuff. Uh, Luke Musgrave is my guy. Chargers have not been able to stop uh, anything versus tight ends. Fourth highest PPR points per game. Most receiving yards allowed per game to tight ends. And as far as the, uh, the defense, look, have defense stream against Will Levis right now. Jacksonville Jaguars can pressure the quarterback. Will Levis can do some insane things whenever he's under pressure. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. There's a defensive end. I'm just going to look away over here while you sack me. So, yeah, fire up the Jacksonville Jaguars. Geno Smith or Jordan Love? Geno. Chef Geno. We're cooking today, baby. Where, where did you say you have Geno ranked? Because those guys are back-to-back Ooh. in ECR. Um, I've got the chef ranked uh nothing crazy i mean i've got i've got him ranked right now as qb 16 but i've got jordan love at qb 20 so okay if you haven't heard about whatnot yet allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform often described as a unique blend of ebay and twitch here's how it works streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items including sports cards jerseys sneakers and much more Recently, in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product Flawless was released. It's been making waves in the hobby, with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. One player I expect to have a really good game this week on Sunday Night Football is Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs. He has been the Cinderella story of the 2023 NFL season. I think that continues despite Denver's defense playing better as of late. I think Dobbs gets the better of him. And when on whatnot, you can invest in Josh Dobbs or any player you think will do well just by purchasing his card. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to fantasypros.com slash whatnot and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to fantasypros.com slash whatnot to redeem your $10 discount. The link will also be in the description. Uh, Erickson, quarterback, tight end, defense, special teams. The aforementioned Jordan Love is my QB start. I have him QB 17, so one spot behind Geno Smith. But I think that if you're streaming, like he's the best option. 
I think you should mm-hmm. start him over Trevor Lawrence personally because Jordan Love, maybe not a great real life quarterback, but he scores fantasy points somehow, some way. You know, he has the same points per game as Jared Goff. And, and we're starting Jared Goff with a lot of confidence. So I think Jordan Love in a good matchup. Chargers, second most fantasy points allowed per game to fantasy QBs or the Chargers. And he has 16 fantasy points in three of his last four games. So we like some of the pieces in this offense. If they're going to be scoring touchdowns in some way, it's because Jordan Love's doing something right. So I do like uh, Jordan Love for tight end. Steelers, Browns, look, I was digging deep. David Njoku was the target leader. And we saw Dorian Thompson Robinson make his first start. So as a inexperienced quarterback, you could see him lean on his tight end. Not expecting a massive game from Njoku, but look at tight end. You just need targets. And Njoku's been involved in this offense. I would be more concerned with the receivers like Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper. But I feel better about David Njoku. So I think that he's a decent start at tight end. And at DST, Washington Commanders, as bad as their defense is, Tommy DeVito is the gift that keeps on giving to DSTs. Um, just start the commander's defense and uh, don't watch this game. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you answered this one, Erickson, Jordan Love or Geno Smith. Same question I asked you, bro. Yeah, I had uh, Geno one spot ahead of Jordan Love. So You know uh, how Jordan Love is doing this, right, Erickson? He's just the new Blake Bortles. We don't know where <laughs> no, the be- fantasy points come from. We don't know how it happens. But when you look at your lineups after the week, you're like, oh, well, that's nice. Cool. Well, I, I mean, it does a lot of just come in garbage time because the Packers can't score in the first half of the mm. game, so they're always behind, and then they need to throw the ball in the second half. He's bordering, baby. Bordering for those I mean, two he's got, points. He's got weapons. He's got weapons. There are good weapons in Green Bay. It's just they, they never put it together for a, a full four yeah. quarters. Uh, Erickson, another one for you. Jordan Love or Russell Wilson this week? I'm still starting Jordan Love. Uh, the Vikings defense has yep. been legit the last five weeks. I know that the Josh Dobbs story is like, grabbing all the headlines but it's really like brian flores has turned this defense into like an absolute juggernaut and i think that the denver broncos with game manager russell wilson are going to be in uh some trouble so uh, vikings plus two and a half let's go yeah devro are you also jordan love over russell wilson i am jordan love over russell wilson poor russ is going to get blitzed i'll get out like <laughs> that zero blitz that the buffalo bills put on him at the end of the game when he was just like ah! Yeah. like that's gonna be the entire game versus the vikings man we, we might see a few more underthrown uh pass interference calls <laughs> in oh, this one man. uh quick recap here the must start running backs ty chandler tony pollard devin singletary raheem mostert jerome ford and james connor the must start wide receivers marquise hollywood brown dj moore he a terp tank dell rashi rice darnell mooney Jaden reed Our must-start quarterbacks are Geno Smith and Jordan Love. Our must-start tight ends are Luke Musgrave and David Njoku. And our must-start defenses are the Jaguars and the Commanders. Sits. Guys, we will start where we always do with the must-sit running backs. Erickson, who you got number one? I'm going to sit Najee Harris because he's uh, the number two running back on the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. We saw Jalen Warren have his best game of his career that Derek Brown projected on one of the shows oh, last week rushing yards baby <laughs> you love to see it nobody believed and still anyway, had even jerome the, ford ranked higher yeah somehow <laughs> jerome ford also had a good game I was ranked for higher it. for d bro i was waiting for it <laughs> but you know last week aside you know warren played 51 percent of the snaps that was his season high he was the same as Najee harris so both guys were still playing but it's just so clear that warren is the superior running back Mike Tomlin talked about Jalen Warren earning the start in the game last week. And I just want to ride with the hot hand. And that is clearly Jalen Warren here. So 
I think in certain matchups, Najee is still someone that you can play when it's a favorable matchup on the ground. But if you are the inferior running back and you're more touchdown dependent, which he's kind of been in a brutal matchup against the Cleveland Browns, who, yes, their defense has been beaten at some points, but it's been mostly when they've been playing on the road. Like when they've played at home, it's just been an absolute nightmare for every single offense that they have faced. I think that, I mean, the game total for this game is Oof. comical because it keeps going down every single time I check. And I went at like 38, and I was like 32 and a half, which that may be the lowest total I've ever seen in an it, NFL it, it's football like, game. It's like one of the Iowa college totals that Thor tweets <laughs> yes. about every week, how they keep setting records. Yes. So if you're betting on Najee, oh, like he'll probably score a touchdown. Like this is like the worst bet to make that type of touchdown bet with Najee because I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game overall. So for me, especially with Warren out carrying Najee in the second half, nine to five, I would just try to get away from Najee Harris. The, the one thing I'll say on, on the Steelers scoring, and I think you make a lot of good points, is the last time we saw DTR start against the Ravens, mind you, so a better team oh, than the Steelers, but the Steelers go. do have a good defense. They gave them a lot of short fields in that first start by DTR. Do you expect him to be better and maybe not put them in that position this week? Well, as a reminder with that, too, DTR knew that he was going to start two and a half hours before the game started. <laughs> That's fair. So That's fair. he really had no shot at all to be prepared. Like, they're preparing him to be the starting quarterback this week. Like, they've already announced that they announced it right when Deshaun Watson was going to be out for the season. They're like, we're going to roll with DTR, which that makes sense. That he's way more upside than PJ Walker does. So I think DTR will be much in a much better spot especially where he's going to be prepared to be the starter. And I think that we shouldn't forget how good he looked in the preseason. Like he looked really good. He's a guy that had a lot of reps at UCLA. He can run, he's mobile. And so I think he's gonna be much better than we saw him against the Ravens, who again, Ravens have one of the best defenses in the NFL and they've basically looked, make every quarterback look pretty bad. So I wouldn't hold that against DTR. Erickson just Deep. pandering to the host, just just setting the host up here. <laughs> Golly. I mean, he's not really going out on a limb by saying the Ravens defense has made a lot of teams oh, look, yeah. look silly, uh, except for Deshaun last week, which I'll admit he he looked really great. Um, Deeper, who you got for your first must sit? It's going to be Chuber Hubbard, guys. Uh, I think this backfield is slowly just becoming a mess. I mean, Hubbard played 50 percent of the snaps last week and had 11 touches, and that was his lowest snap count since week five. So Miles Sanders kind of getting involved. And second of all, can we just call this what it is? This is not a fruitful backfield. This is not an offense we want to buy into. And the matchup is grotesque. It is horrible. Since week five, Dallas's run defense, second lowest explosive run rate, 11th lowest missed tackle rate. Chuba Hubbard is going to be skating uphill the entire day. So I want no part of Chuba. Yeah, I think this is a great call. I don't even really have any follow up questions. He's he's ranked as like a mid to late RB three. I think that's fine, just given the other names out there. But I, if I can avoid starting him, I, I'm certainly will be doing that. I have no interest in getting Chuba Hubbard into any lineups. So let's move to Erickson. Your next must sit running back. I'm gonna try to sit James Cook. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna expect to see from this Bills offense in terms of a new play caller taking over. But James Cook, we got like the total experience from him on Monday Night Football. He looked explosive. He was fumbling. He got benched. He got him back in the game. Didn't get red zone touches. Like it was like all James Cook you could offer in one game. And the thing that saved us was he got the explosive run, which almost didn't happen because he fumbled the ball and then it bounced right back into his, into his uh, lap mid stride, and he was able to rip off you know a forty yard rush. But besides that, like he didn't score, and you know involved in the passing game to a minimum. 
So is Leonard Fournette going to be active in this next game? Potentially, you know, so for me, again, the Jets have been a defense that's been able to be beat on the road, or excuse me, against the run recently, but I'm just overall concerned that if James Cook doesn't get the volume, he's just going to kill you, like, in your lineup. I don't see a ton of upside. Again, it's not a matchup that I love against the Jets overall for the Bills offense, even though the Bills offense is, is good, should be good. It's just finding ways to, like, not be good and not be productive for fantasy football. So James Cook, I would just try to shy away from and. It's not like he's in a position where, oh, I'm going to bench James Cook and he's going to like blow up on my bench. He doesn't do that. Like, it's really hard to do that when the only way he does that is if he rips off massive runs for touchdowns, which, again, we got the massive run last week. Wouldn't bet on it happening again. Debra, where do you have Cook this week? I've got him in low end RB2 range. I mean, that's about what I mean. I think you can make a case for him anywhere from low end RB2 to high end RB3, depending on who you're higher on in that range. And, Erickson's points are not wrong. Um, I, I'm going to bring up a, a side tangent here. Can, can we do away with the entire NFL coaches saying, okay, to teach you a lesson for fumbling the ball, we're going to put you on the bench. It's James Cook's first two fumbles of the season. No, oh, he's an NFL player. He didn't know until you put him on the bench that, that, that fumbling <laughs> yeah. was bad. Then, I, I'm so glad that NFL coaches do that because without that type of tutelage, They'd never know that fumbling was ever bad. Yeah, that's the thing is like it's it's one thing if it's like a guy just has like butterfingers and cannot hold of the ball. It's like I just don't trust him. But the whole like, yeah, you yeah, need to learn Antonio a lesson. Gibson, is so ten fumbles silly. in a game, like, okay, fun, fine, whatever. But two, that's yeah. his first two of the season. Come on, guys. Come yeah, on. that's uh, that's ridiculous. And yet it continues to happen year after year with coaches literally putting themselves behind the eight ball setting their best running back for a reason that the running back knows can't happen again but what's well, uh, the double standard man because i i put it out on social media and i'm like are we gonna have that same kind of energy when josh allen fumbles or throws an interception oh no jo- josh oh, allen did okay fumble. never mind never mind never well, mind one of those was josh allen's fault the on the exchange where he dropped it early and not yeah. for social media that was james cook again <laughs> yeah before we move on with the show let's take a second to talk about air medcare network We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing that all the teams, coaches, and players have in common. Preparation. Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros with no spaces make financial peace of mind part of your game plan visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros uh all right diva sticking with you next must sit running back oh it's got to be daryl henderson guys um and again talking about backfields that are just uh, that i mean that's the rams it's the rams in a nutshell uh daryl henderson has led the backfield and snaps in two of the three weeks he's garnered 15 touches per game but you look at all the parts of pizzas, one, one Daryl Henderson has not been explosive. He's been outside the top 30 in explosive run rate in yards of contact per attempt. But also, and I, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm cherry picking here, but up until the Baltimore Ravens just, oh, there's too much Ravens talk in this episode. I got to stop that. But anyway. No such thing. Up until, 
up until the Baltimore Ravens steamrolled that run defense. Seattle Seahawks had a really good run defense, man. You look at the the previous five games, 12th lowest missed tackle rate, eighth lowest rushing touchdown rate. So I know it sounds like I'm cherry picking, but up until that, we're talking about the Seahawks as a top 12 run defense just because one team absolutely demolished them. I don't think we need to just throw it in the tank and say, okay, well, now they're bad. Now I need to worry about firing up Daryl Henderson. Uh Uh-uh, he's staying on the bench this week. Yeah, Henderson's RB29 in the rankings this week, according to the experts in half PPR. Um, Is that too high, too low, or just right, Deva? I I think it's probably about right, but it's it's still not a guy I feel good about. It's about right. I mean, I think think this is a bigger conversation about once you get past – RB 16, 17, we're all just, who do I rank next? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's move to your next one, Erickson, your third and final must sit running back. Um, Antonio Gibson, uh, for me, I know that Gibson has been getting steamed up a little bit. He's been more involved in the passing game. He has five plus catches, five plus targets in three straight games as the commanders just drop back to throw every single time that they can. And it's a good matchup against the Giants on paper. Their, their defense has not been great against the run. But Antonio Gibson popped up the injury report with a toe injury. And historically speaking, Antonio Gibson is not someone you want to play or touch when he's injured in any capacity. So, yes, I'm diving a little bit deeper here. But if you're on a bye week, you picked up Gibson. Again, I think that on paper, it looks like a really good matchup. But we did see the Giants shut down this commander's offense a couple weeks ago. There's a potential for that to happen. Again, another game with a very low total at 37 points. So Antonio Gibson, for me, is someone that, again, unless we get a full practice at some point, he's probably someone not trying to flex in um, as someone with a good matchup on paper. You said he, you're kind of going lower down. He's still an RB3, according to the experts. So I think it's a totally valid name to pick and to point out that if you can go another direction, you probably should. Because I think, again, given we're still in bye season, given the injuries the position has seen, that there will be people out there who are planning to start Gibson. I have to start him in our, our work 14 team league, which is just a lack of other options. Um, but I think there are people who have to, who will have to make that decision. Uh, Debra, where are you at on Gibson this week? I've got him as an RB4, and I'll, I'll toss this to you, Erickson. Um, this might be a layup, but I'm curious your thoughts here. If, if Antonio Gibson, if, if the toe, if the pinky toe is good and he plays, would you play Antonio Gibson or Rico Dowdle? I think it's a slam dunk Dowdle, but your thoughts? So I really like the Panthers actually in, in this Dallas game to – not necessarily come away with like an upset, but oh. I mean, I've seen Dallas go on the road okay. as a double digit favorite and lose. We saw that this year against Arizona Cardinals. So if anyone's going to do it, we're not surprised if Dallas does it. So I'm not buying into this Rico data. Like, Oh, like he's taking over for Tony Pollard. And I, I get, I get the play. So like, you're investing like in the pinky favorites. toe. You're investing um, in pinky toe. I would still start here? Antonio Gibson. I, okay. I don't think Dowdle's role is super or as concrete as what we've seen from Gibson over the last three weeks. Okay. Debra, who's your last must sit running back? Oh, last guy I'm going to bring up here has got to be a Deontay Foreman. And part of this comes with the muddiness of this backfield. Khalil Herbert might be back. We're not sure what that's going to look like. And if he is back, what does that do to Deontay Foreman? I mean, does, does Herbert just reassume all the early down stuff and Deontay is sent to the bench? Probably the most likely outcome. But if Herbert's not back, I still don't have a lot of love for Deontay Foreman. Yes, he's been extremely good, but so has the Detroit Lions run defense. Since week five, six lowest explosive run rate, six lowest yards of contact per attempt allowed 
Deontay Foreman's had some plus matchups or at least middle of the road matchups to where he can rack up that volume. I think that 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 entire game could be a shootout. But even if it is a shootout, I don't think Deontay Foreman is coming along for the ride. You mentioned Herbert coming back, Fields coming back as well. Do you think that'll take away carries from from the running back? I think it's going to take away carries from from Foreman as well as, look, we've seen the Detroit Lions every single week just put up points, dude. So if if Chicago looks up the scoreboard and says, "Mm, 14 nothing," and we're two minutes into the game, it's not good. (laughs) It's not good at all. Then it's going to be the Justin Fields show, and we're going to see him air the ball out. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of not Deontay Foreman this week. Let's step into the Who Do I Start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there and put in their own starter sit questions up to four different players at a time. You can even pick and choose from which experts your decision draws. We will do some right here. Erickson, Najee Harris, or Brian Robinson this week? Um. I'm lower on consensus on Brian Robinson, but again, if I have him, I'm playing him against the Giants. Like it's just, it's too good of a matchup, even though I know that he wasn't great against the Giants the first time around. They did have Leonard Williams at that point. They don't have Leonard Williams anymore. So again, I think Brian Robinson, I, I, again, he's someone that I'm kind of worried about just because the commanders throw the ball so much and they don't really run it. So that does concern me, but I think you got to still play him. How about two of your players that you have as must-sits, James Cook or Najee Harris? Versus Brian Robinson, I, I, either or versus each other. I mean, I would I would start Brian Robinson all over all over both over all what, those what guys. What about Cook yeah. versus Harris? Cook one spot ahead. Yeah, it's so like it's close, I mean, it's but just, they're just gross running backs. To be honest, like I would rather look. He, he means playing tonight, but I'd rather start Keaton Mitchell over all those guys. Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. How about Antonio Gibson or Chuba Hubbard? Have them back to back. Probably would start Hubbard. All right, Debro, you your guys are all back to back to back, so I want to pit all three of them against each other. Chuba oh. Hubbard, Daryl Henderson, or Deontay Foreman. Who are you starting? Oh, oh, I want to say none of the above. Um, give me Deontay out of all those guys, but so, so yep. the same thing Erickson brought up. He starts later tonight, but just for the sake of reference point, would you start Keaton Mitchell over any of those three? I'd start Keaton Mitchell over all of those three. All right. They are ranked in roughly a similar range in the extra just consensus rankings. Just a way rankings. for Worm to just eke in a little more Ravens love. Erickson is the one who brought up Keaton Mitchell, not me. Um, <laughs> D-Bro, You're uh, You're last, last one. Would you start uh, Zach Charbonnet over all three of those guys? I would start Charbonnet over all three of those guys. I think like we're looking at the workload and even the upside. I, I do not think that after writing up the primer, Kenneth Walker is anywhere close, anywhere close to healthy. So I I think one of these weeks we're going to get the Charbonnet game where everybody's like, oh, he's going to play about 50% of the snaps. And then Kenneth Walker goes out there and tweaks something, whether it's a calf or his chest or something like that. And then we see the charbonnet game where he gets 80 percent of the snaps i think it's coming again the who do i start tool is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start we'll be using that throughout the show let's jump to the must sit wide receivers erickson who are you starting off with uh i know i talked about dtr and how i think it'll be better but i still want to look to mitigate risk with a rookie quarterback so i'm going to sit amari cooper just Look, Amari Cooper is one of these players that every time you like feel confident about sitting him, he like goes <laughs> off, and then vice versa. When he's like in a really good spot, he just totally bombs. But 
look, it's just, it's too risky for me. I mean, you know, in DTR's second start, again, the first start was really bad for Mari Cooper. He had one catch for 16 yards. So I do expect it to be more than that, even in a good matchup against the Steelers secondary, which has been pretty beatable at times this year. I just, you know, as great Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, this is just not the upside play you're looking for here with Amari Cooper. So I think you can bench him, and quote? I think you feel pretty safe about it. We had a, we had a very long Star Wars conversation on Slack yesterday <laughs> with many of the analysts. So we'll, uh, we'll save everybody, all the listeners, for having us rehash that. Uh, Debro, Amari Cooper, this is a guy that, you know, ha- had looked so much better with Deshaun Watson under center. So, like, obviously with DTR there, it's just such an unknown. Where do you have him? Oh, it's not only the DTR stuff. It's also that Joey Porter Jr. has shadowed more than once this season. And Joey Porter Jr. is the truth. Yeah, I said it, man. He's he's playing out of his mind. He's one of the best young corners in the game. Um, I've got a Mark Cooper as oh, I've got him buried, man. I've got him as a wide receiver four, wide receiver 37 right now. Oh, wow. he's he's wide receiver 28 in, in ECR for the record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, wide receiver four is, is pretty low. But I would, like, t- again, I would take shots on like, give me Jaden Reed. I would start Jaden Reed this week over Amari mm-hmm. Cooper. And yeah. I don't even think that's er- much of a hot take. Erickson and Fitz, it looks like both have him more in the mid to late 20s range rather than late 30s, but still not somebody we're aggressively starting. Debro, sticking in that same game, who's your first must-sit wide receiver? I have got all the bad juju and heebie-jeebies about Deontay Johnson. And just considering what we've seen out of this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, they want to run the ball. And they're running the ball extremely well right now. What does that mean? It boils down to Deontay Johnson. The volume has dried up. It's gone. Like, last week, we could say, oh, he got a 17.3% target share. You're like, that's not that bad. Well, when your quarterback throws the ball 23 times, yes. That's very bad. So looking at Deontay Johnson, it's not only the target volume, it's the complexion of this offense, but also we we make all the jokes about, oh, Deontay Johnson, can he score touchdowns and stuff? That's also a function of his quarterback as well. If his quarterback is not great at throwing passing touchdowns, because Kenny Pickett is not, he only has one game this season, guys, of multiple passing touchdowns. Across his four last four games, one passing touchdown. If the quarterback's not throwing touchdowns, they're not going to anybody, much less Deontay Johnson. So what are we talking about with Deontay on a weekly basis now moving forward? He's what? Garrett Wilson, the uglier version of Garrett Wilson. Basically, we got to lean on volume, but that's probably not going to happen because Pittsburgh wants to run the ball and can run the ball. So Deontay has gone from a volume dependent wide receiver two for me now he is a scary as all get out wide receiver three where you're like, if he doesn't get a 30 plus percent target share, I'm probably quite upset that I plugged him into my lineup. He's wide receiver 30 Erickson in uh, in ECR. Is that too high, too low or just right? I mean, I think wide receiver three territory is fine. I mean, I get that he's coming off a, you know, a really bad game with only four targets, but I mean, that's his lowest targets of the year. Like, it's not very conducive, I think, for him looking going for. I mean, he's always been the target leader in this offense. Like, so, again, I think, I mean, he's always kind of been a floor play anyway, especially better in PPR than half PPR. And we know the touchdown upside is low for a guy like Deontay, even though he scored a couple weeks ago. But we knew he was going to score at some point. So, again, this game is just gross. Steelers-Browns, like, just look at the total. 
Like it's a, it's like historically pacing, like in like like you mentioned, where I'm like with Iowa games from college football, yeah. where it's just bad. So again, don't feel any obligation whatsoever to be like, got to jam in Browns and Steelers this week. It's like, don't do that. Like if you can avoid yeah. them, that's probably the best move to make. If you fade them, you're probably not going to be hurt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I don't think they can really hurt you. Uh, just based on the lack of juice we're going to see in action in this offense. In, they can't, they can't hurt you game. again, Erickson. They can't hurt yeah. you again. Erickson, who's your next must sit? I'm going to Jordan Addison here. I'm just taking on the Denver Broncos who have this new, you know, rejuvenated defense that's come out. You know, they're not getting run over every single week by the Miami Dolphins. They're actually shutting down number one options week in, week out. Two weeks ago, shut down Travis Kelsey. Last week in, on Monday Night Football, they shut down Stephon Diggs. So, again, the question is, do they throw everything at TJ Hawkinson or Jordan Addison? So we know Justin Jefferson's not going to play. So that's my one kind of caveat to bring up here. It's like, you know, they could try to just shut down Hawkinson, who's really been Josh Dobbs' guy. But considering how bad they've just been overall against tight ends, I still think Hawkinson's going to get his. And you, you can't bench Hawkinson. So for me, I would bench Addison. He's been good, not great in the two games with Dobbs. Again, you'd expect them to pretend you to build chemistry. but Addison's been a wide receiver three in both of his games, like finishing in the, in that 30 range. So again, if he's drawing coverage from Sertan, it's just a matchup that I think you can get away with not starting Jordan Addison, who has been okay with Dobbs. Uh, I just would probably look other, look for another receiver with more upside. Debra, I think you also have Addison as a wide receiver three this week. I do. Mr. Jordan Addison is at I've floated him anywhere between wide receiver 25 to into into the 30s. All right, Debra, sticking with you for your next must sit. Yeah, Adam Thielen. Um, Can we say that the the Adam Thielen show is kaput? It has been canceled. It's off the air. It's not great. Uh, The last three since week eight wide receiver 24. Okay, that's okay. Wide receiver 42, eh? Wide receiver 35, oh dear. It's all just gone off the rails, and this all goes back to Bryce Young and the quarterback play, but it's also Dallas secondary we know is extremely talented. Now, out of that, Jordan Lewis has not been playing good football. But even if you wanted to say, okay, they're going to pick on Jordan Lewis, who's allowed a 134 passer rating in his coverage, and they're going to target Thielen, that's also under the assumption that Bryce Young is going to be upright in a lot of this game. That's also the assumption that Bryce Young is going to deliver catchable targets to Adam Thielen in this game. Those are some really big assumptions to make right now, considering what we've seen out of this offense over the last few weeks and how we've seen the Dallas Cowboys just put their foot on the opponent's throats and say, you're not doing anything this week. Like when those games have gone sideways, they have gone massively sideways. So Adam Thielen I've been not, I I haven't been with consensus and ranking him as like a top 12, top 15 wide receiver. I'm like, no, the matchups say that he's probably not going to be that. And we've seen the results follow suit. So I'm just going to keep on ranking him as a wide receiver three, because that's about where he needs to be weekly moving forward. What do you think about Frank Reich taking back over play calling? Doesn't duties matter. In Carolina? Doesn't matter. Doesn't, it's, doesn't it's, impact it at all. No, he, it doesn't he, matter at all. He performed Is Frank better Reich gonna in run fantasy. out there and we're going to run routes? Is he going to get open? Well, I, mean, I, I think of that? it does matter. No, I think it does matter. I mean, there's a, there's a pretty clear correlation between he stopped calling plays last three weeks. I'm feeling bad number. Like, I think there's a clear core. I, I agree with Worm. I think that it does matter that Frank Reich's calling plays So Frank again, Reich is the one running Thielen. the routes for Adam Thielen. He's the one that says, okay, Adam Thielen can get open or not. And then Bryce Young is the one going that to dials deliver up the ball. where the ball goes. 
<laughs> Especially with that's also Dal- a function you know, of you know, him Dallas, getting Dallas open. plays. Dallas plays more man coverage. That's where Thielen's been better this year against man coverage. That's and fair. Look at Bryce Young. He's been way better. He he can't do anything against zone, but Bryce Young has been way better against man coverage. So again, I agree with you. I've been fading Thielen. I keep getting the notifications like you are this much spots lower oh, than consensus on Adam Thielen. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. Uh, this week though, I'm definitely I think I'm more with consensus. Obviously, it's adjusted putting him like in the twenties, but no, I I think that he's kind of like a sneaky start on it. So I, I honestly disagree. I'm definitely going to have our boy Ethan clip off the section where Erickson said, I agree with Worm, because that's pretty oh, rare, dear. and it's Here music to my ears. Erickson, uh, who's your last must-sit wide receiver? Christian Watson. Um, I just don't – I think, like, Fetch is just not going to – I just don't think it's going to happen with Jordan Love. Like, they don't have chemistry. And I don't know how many air yards we need to see from Christian Watson to Jordan Love, like, just not connect until we realize that I think – Jordan Love, again, he's trying to like earn the job and be the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback. I think he's starting to realize, like, dude, if I keep throwing to Christian Watson, like, <laughs> I'm going to get benched or something. Like, it's not good. Whereas, you know, Debra brought him up, but Jaden Reed, it's like when he throws the ball to Jaden Reed, good things are happening. When he throws the ball to Luke Musgrave, good things are happening. When he throws the ball to Romeo Dobbs, good things are happening. Not the case with Christian Watson. So I know Watson has got the targets and he's running the most routes, but it's not coming to fruition when it comes to actual production. You know, Jaden Reed, the last three weeks, leads the team not in targets, but in catchable targets. So what actually matters in terms of actual production? So again, we usually like to chase targets. He had seven targets last week, but even in a good matchup, he wasn't able to get it done. It's a good matchup again this week, but I think we're just going to see more of the other Packers players because I think Jordan Love is just going to distribute the ball like he has done most of the season. It's going to be flat target share, but I think he's going to try to favor some of these other guys who have just been flat out better than Christian Watson at producing. So for that reason, I'm going to be uh, benching Christian Watson, even in a good matchup. Debro, you were like the Christian Watson guy during the offseason. You're still higher than consensus. You have him as a late wide receiver three, I think. So maybe even early wide receiver four. So it's not like you're that crazy aggressive or anything. You are still higher than consensus, though. Why are you still somewhat buying into Watson? Target share has been there. And this is not a Watson problem. This is a love problem. And if we the other thing about this is Christian Watson, during the time where he's been the full time, a full time wide receiver, you know, take lopping off the first week when he came back, played bit part-time snaps. He's had eight end zone targets and has zero touchdowns with them. That, 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 that regression has to hit there. So I don't know if it hits this week. I'm making the bet that it does because the chargers can't stop anybody through the air. So again, uh, Erickson is lower on Adam Thielen. I'm going to fight for my man, Christian Watson here. But would you start Reed or Christian Watson? I'm starting Watson. I, I I actually like both. The the conundrum when I was looking at that game, I was like, somebody's walking away from this game with a big game this week against the Chargers. Who's it gonna be? Well, I mean, that's great with the Packers Jane every single week because everybody gets four targets. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Romeo uh, Dobbs, you, like, pick your flavor. Like, somebody's gonna have a good game. Debra, who's who's your last must sit receiver? Oh, last guy I'm going to bring up here. Uh, it's got to be Jacoby Myers. And again, we talk about the the target volume helium just just being eked out of the balloon. It's absolutely happening. Aiden O'Connell in this 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 Raiders uh, offense. They want to run, run. And Tony Pierce has come out and said it. We're going to be a run first team. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. OK, unless your name is Devontae Adams, that means no targets for anybody else. 
with Aiden O'Connell under center, Jacoby Myers, 13.5% target share, 15.8% first read share. It's not been pretty. And then when you look at the matchup also going against Miami, the the tandem of Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, like Jalen Ramsey just hopped straight up out the gym, got out of rehab and was like, I'm going to go right back to being an all pro corner. Let's go, baby. I want no part of this. You got to sit Jacoby Myers. Let's move to our who do I start section here for the wide receivers. Erickson, Amari Cooper or Cortland Sutton this week? Uh, Cortland Sutton. How about Jordan Addison or Calvin Ridley? I mean, I guess I'll just start Calvin Ridley and just pray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, about, how about Christian Watson or Jackson Smith and Jigba? I think in this one, I would probably start uh, Christian Watson. Well, t- just, Tower Lockett's banged up, too, so the caveat there exists. Well, I mean, Lockett's been banged up every single week, and he still plays. Yeah, but he actually, like, he actually missed practice this week to open it. So. He, he's always on the – because he's old. He's injury. He's oh, always on the injury because he's old. Don't hit me um, with ageism. I, I think that – yeah, I would probably just start Watson. Like again, the, the matchup is good against the Chargers. They just can't stop anybody. And you know, the Rams with JSN, JSN, like he still really hasn't, you know, taken over this target share we were hoping with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So obviously, if Lockett misses the game, then you're going to start JSN. But I would, you know, again, pray with Christian Watson and hope that he finally converts some of these end zone targets into a touchdown. Debro, De- uh, Deontay Johnson or Nico Collins. Uh, if he plays Nico, because I don't know if Robert Woods or Noah Brown play in this game, so I'm going easy, Nico. How about Adam Thielen or Terry McLaurin? Uh, oh, it's Terry. Let's go, Terry. Jacoby Myers or Jerry Judy? Oh God, that's so disgusting. Um, <laughs> good I think lord, I go Jacoby, man. I, I, I Jacoby's been good. I at points this year. <laughs> oh my, that that's terrible. Um. <laughs> I would go Jacoby Myers. I have no faith in Jerry Judy anymore. None. Not, not with game manager Russ at quarterback. Yeah, man, it's it's rough. <laughs> All right, let's get to our must-sit quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. Erickson, who you got at QB, TE, and DST? I'm going to sit Trevor Lawrence, who's averaging fewer fantasy points per game than Deshaun Watson and Will Levis this season. Wow. He's two top 10 finishes, uh, has not finished better than QB8 at any point this year. Um, I get that the Titans are this pass funnel defense, but they're not giving up a lot of fantasy points, even though they're giving up a lot of passing attempts. So Tennessee has not allowed 20 fantasy points to a quarterback since week three, Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to sit Trevor Lawrence because he can't score fantasy points. I'm going to sit Kate Otten because the Titans are a brutal matchup for tight ends. Second fewest fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So for me, I'm going to sit Kate Otten and then the Packers DST. They've won top 10 finish since week two. So I don't want to play them against the Chargers. And actually, I want to correct something I said. So Kate Otten is not playing the Titans. That is incorrect because the Jaguars are playing the Titans. The Buccaneers, guys, help me out here. Who are the Buccaneers San Francisco, playing again? The 49ers, 49ers, Okay, right? yeah, the 49ers yeah. are still are a really the, bad yes. matchup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew in my notes, I was like, okay, they're not playing. I, I had Titans <laughs> on my mind, but yeah, like, that's, I know that's it's a bad matchup. That's last week, baby. We're, we're yes. on this one. Kate Otten, sit him, whether he's playing the Titans, whether he's playing the 49ers, don't care, on the bench. Just just, just, just look, just copy yeah. the analysis and move it over. It's still it's still good, Erickson. It's still good. It's still fresh. <laughs> Erickson, I, I'm curious if you can give me some names that might surprise people that you're starting over Lawrence. But I also want to ask you, where do you have Lawrence rest of season? Because this is like become – the second half of last year is starting to look really strongly like the outlier so far. And it's not like any of us are doubting 
the talent mm-hmm. of Trevor Lawrence at this point yet. But like, I mean, I, I don't think he can be a QB one in rest of the season rankings at this point. And he's not he's not in the expert ones. He's QB thirteen, so he's just on the cusp of it. But he's he has still dropped too high to QB thirteen. Where, where do you have him, Erickson? Um, in the rest of the season rank, I think I have him yeah. like outside the top fifteen. I mean, look, yeah. like the thing with Lawrence is like, yeah, he's he's probably a better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback. Like he's just not he he wasn't a good fantasy quarterback last year. And I kept trying to point out to people, I was like, why are we driving this guy in like the seventh round when he hasn't shown that he can score actual fantasy points? And that's all we've seen this year. Obviously, adding Calvin Ridley hasn't worked out in terms of turning into actual fantasy production. Like Travis Etienne has been the guy that's scoring all the fantasy points in this offense. And that's mm-hmm. what's made this offense work and click when the Jaguars have been winning games. So for me, yeah, it's like Lawrence is just doesn't offer a lot as a rusher. And, you know, he hasn't really clicked with his new weapons where you're seeing him throw for 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. Like, has he done that at all this year? Like, does he have one game where he's like 300 yards and three touchdowns? Like, I don't, I don't know. Any. I, no, I would no be skeptical chance. to look at that. So, well, I, I uh, know for a he, fact he, off the top of my head, two of his three QB one games have both come against, against Indy. Colts. So yeah. if he's not playing <laughs> Indy, you're, you're he, pretty good to fade Lawrence. I, I've got his yeah. game log up. He has only... Th- He's only thrown for 300 yards once this season, Jeez. and he's, he has not thrown for three touchdowns in any game this season. He's only thrown for wow. two touchdowns in a game twice. That's, yeah, that's I, I mean, look, I think that he still needs that actual wide receiver one to really take that next step from a fantasy perspective. Ridley obviously hasn't been that guy since, again, if he's not playing the Colts, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you can just fade Trevor Lawrence. I think he's like more of a streaming quarterback. Like this week, I'd rather play Jordan Love. Then I mean Jordan Love is like the opposite. Like Jordan Love is not a good real life quarterback, but he scores <laughs> fantasy points. Can, can yeah. we get, so a, can we get in the wayback machine? Type of uh, analysis there. Can we get in the wayback machine for a second and realize if, if somebody were to have told us in August, or if we would have said it in August, I would much rather play handedly play Josh Dobbs over Trevor Lawrence. People would have said, "No, you need your head examined." But they'd be like, that's, they'd be, no, that's they'd be like, the NFL, who's Josh man. Dobbs? <laughs> yeah, fair. That's, that's fantasy every year, though. You, you get those crazy <laughs> look back stories. Uh, we we got to move it along. Debra, who's your quarterback tight end and defense that you're sitting? Well, unfortunately for all the Will Levis stands, he's not playing Atlanta again for the rest of the season. So uh, I, I said to pump the brakes when the miraculous game happened. Uh, and now you're seeing why over the last two weeks amongst 34 qualifying quarterbacks, Will Levis has stunk, so seventh lowest yards per attempt, sixth lowest pass rating. Any of these sound great? No. Second lowest highly accurate throw rate, so he's not even delivering accurate balls to his receivers. So you have to sit Will Levis, as well as the Jacksonville Jaguars have been an improved pass defense. And speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Evan Ingram, I'm going to tell you to sit him this week, and this comes down to all of the matchup. Erickson, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing the Tennessee Titans this week. So confirmed. Um, confirmed. Tennessee is the only team in the NFL yet to allow a receiving touchdown to tight ends. None. Nada. Zilch. Poof. Goose egg. Evan Ingram has been doing all these different things on volume and stuff, but also Tennessee has been pretty good at limiting volume. Seventh lowest receiving yards per game allowed to tight end. So if he's not getting there in the volume, he's not going to get a a touchdown because he's not getting red zone usage and Tennessee's not giving up touchdowns. So sit Evan Ingram. And the last of the defense I want to bring up here is Seattle. I think the Rams could have a big game this week, but also we have seen with Seattle They have the 12th highest rate of offensive drives ending in a turnover, and they are also 
near the top 12 in quarterback knockdown. So if Stafford comes out and he looks a little bit rusty this week, we get a pick, we get a few sacks, things like that. That's how we score fantasy points with these defenses. So I'm willing to make that bet because at this point of the season, eh, you know, it's kind of hard, kind of hard to find defenses. Evan Ingram or Dalton Schultz this week? Mm -hmm. Schultz, easy Schultz. All right, we'll wrap up the show with that one. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to Eric Sweet and Debra for joining. As always, like we do every Thursday morning. For those guys, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.